Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I am your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ish Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? Oh, man. March officially here. We got Selection Sunday. We're recording on Sunday about an hour or so after. Uh, and yeah, Boys and Girls State Championships are done, too. So, you know, when we're done with one chapter, we close, we open another one. Now we get into college basketball. Uh, the women's uh, selection is tomorrow or when you're listening to this Monday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yep. Yep. Like you said, we got the Men, the boys and girls uh high school finals to go to go through we previewed the the girls championships on our last podcast and now we have the results um obviously ish was there for every single game over the past what, past four days you were at the alamo dome i wasn't i wasn't there actually i, I covered it remotely um okay. but we had a. Uh, Luckily, NFHS had them all streaming, and then Fox, of course, aired uh, the girls' 5A and the boys' 6A games. Um, but I was able to write gamers in all of them. I got to go to the Zoom press conferences. Um, That's why I, I thought I assumed you were there just because yeah, of yeah, the, way, yeah. the way you covered it. I was like, right, right. I mean, the, the, you know, credit to the UIL for putting everything through Zoom and, you know, allowing me to cover it like that. Because, yeah, four days, it's, it's a bear, man. Um, quick shout out to uh, Chase Snyder. And Burr Brocker, who did all the games except for two on an FHS Ooh. network, they called them all. Man, it was that's a, that's a bear. That is a lot to call. Very impressive. Yeah. If you enjoy our podcast, you can find us on Apple at uh, Texas Twenty Four. Uh, what is it? Just Texas Twenty Four on there? Honestly, we yeah, it up. should be on that. Yeah, the Texas Twenty Four on on. Yep, uh, Texas Twenty Four. Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball. Um, TexasBasketball.com. I know I've said Texas Football in the past. I didn't even know we had Texas Basketball as well. So TexasBasketball.com. <laughs> Um, and on Twitter at DCT basketball, got the updates going, um, every day, pretty much. So, um, let's get into the state basketball tournament and then we'll get into all of the college, uh, basketball stuff from there. Mm -hmm. So ish, let's start with the girls. Um, where where do you want to start? One A or six A? You want to go up or down? Uh, let's go, let's go up a little bit. Cause I want to hit on the six A matchups really weren't that interesting, but or they weren't that competitive, I will say, there but they were go. interesting um, because you saw DeSoto, the game that we were looking for, DeSoto Side Creek was just a defensive masterclass from DeSoto. Yeah. Like they basically used their length to absolutely shut down Kendall Hunter and Rory Harmon. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a team really do that to like any two star guards like that. Um, DeSoto had the size advantage, which is what we kind of expected, but I, I didn't expect them to have the length on the outside to be able to neutralize what they did. Um, Rory Harmon and, and Hunter were both jacking up a lot of shots. And they, DeSoto basically said after the game, like, look, we knew if we took those two, if we limited those two, like there goes their championship. Like that's, mm-hmm. they don't have, they didn't, they didn't feel confident in the other players of the floor being able to match up because DeSoto had the depth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Side Creek probably had the best two players on the floor, but DeSoto had, you know, three, four, five, six, right? Yep. Uh, the best players on the floor. So um, that's when you see players like Samaya Smith, Kendall Brown did a fantastic job defensively. Um, DeSoto, yeah, ended up winning 53-37. Um, the boys was kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Westlake Duncanville, West, uh, Westlake had KJ Adams, who's a Kansas signee. And it was more or less the same where Des- Duncanville just took away uh, KJ Adams for almost an entire half. I think he had uh, I'm trying to think of how many points he had at the half. I want to say like he was in single digits at the half. I want to say yeah. maybe seven, three or three to seven, one around there. He finished with about uh, 13. Um, 
So yeah, a lot of it, most of his points came in the second half. Um, they were just crowding him in the paint. They were uh, fronting or not fronting him. They actually let him catch it in the post, but they were doubling him in the post mm-hmm. and they were making everybody else, you know, uh, kick it back or making him kick it back out. Or they were just getting a bunch of hands in his face to where he couldn't get a shot off. Yep. Uh, Duncanville, you know, Zurich, Philip, Zurich Phelps and Juan Reina basically just ran the show for them on the perimeter. Um, they had a late surge late where Westlake closed it to about four, three or four, and they had a late stretch where they just blew it open in the end. Um, you know, Duncanville, if not for COVID, we're probably looking at a three-peat for Duncanville. They were the favorites last year. Um, they won, of course, with um, Jemias Ramsey and that team. Um, yeah, it's it's an insane run that they're on right now, and they, yeah. you know, they lose, a, they lose some key players, but but I mean, there's no reason to think that they're not going to reload in some way for next year. Yeah. And so I'm going to run through the girls scores. Uh, we'll, you can pick out the highlights, the, mm-hmm. your favorite couple of matchups, and we can get into those. Uh, and at the 5A level, Cedar Park defeated Frisco Liberty 46-39. And the 4A level, Canyon defeated Harden, Harden Jefferson 56 That one, I do want to, this Go one ahead. I wanted to talk about. This is, this was probably the best girls matchup because I thought, I thought Harden Jefferson would be a little bit too athletic for Canyon. Mm-hmm. What happened was Canyon basically decided to go at Harden Jefferson blow for blow. And it was fast paced. It opened up incredibly fast. Uh, both teams shot over 40% from three. Like they were really, really just really willing to run. Yeah. The player that impressed me was Chloe Callahan from Canyon. She's going to North Texas. She is a North Texas signee. Mm-hmm. Um, but she went at, Ashton, uh, Ashton, Ashlyn Jackson. Sorry. I, yeah. I think I said Ashton Jefferson a couple times. Um, Ashlyn Jackson. She went at her a couple times. Uh, she guarded her a couple times, um, but she made some tough baskets and there were like in the lane, handed her face, like Chloe Callahan is a baller and North Texas is going to get somebody. Yeah. Pretty I, fun to watch. As someone who follows Jaylee Mitchell and yeah. a couple of the other coaches on the women's staff. I mean, I covered their, their team for, for yeah. a bit. Uh, yeah. I saw a lot of Chloe Callahan on my timeline. And, it was uh, a lot. <laughs> it was it was impressive. Yeah, was she's impressive. really she was really good. And and Jackson still finished with twenty seven, right? It was just basically like two star players going back and forth, which is a lot of fun. But yeah, Canyon pulled that one out, um, fifty six fifty five, which was it was just a lot of fun. Like that game was one of the definitely one of the highlights. Yeah, and then uh, another one, three uh, A level Brownfield versus Fairfield. Brownfield pulled out. I want to apologize to. Yeah, I want to apologize to Brownfield. I uh, I uh, I said Brownfield, I think, was going to get run out. And they come out, and they were awesome, man. They completely took Fairfield to task. And, of course, they ended up winning in overtime. Um, yeah, I thought Fairfield was going to run away with it because I saw the depth they had. I saw the run that they were on. But, yeah, they just came out. Um, Brownfield, the head coach, basically said, like, they knew they had a comeback in them. And it was like they – I mean, it, it, it seemed like it didn't, to me, it didn't seem like they were, they were out of it, but it was like, I don't know how they're going to really come back into this. Right. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, I have no idea. They just sparked something. And then all of a sudden like Brownfield's in it and it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm trying to look at the numbers here for um, the game to remember who the MVP was. Um, go ahead. No, it was, uh, I mean, like the only thing I said about Brownfield coming in was all I knew about them was that they beat Ponder and came back late in that game and held Ponder yes. two points late. And that, that was, was all, just a- all, all I knew. And that's all I said. And, and, but then you, when you look at Fairfield, like you had said is the way they were running people off the court, basically it was like, right. Oh, well, you know, maybe it won't be close enough to where Brownfield can make that comeback. Yeah. I was going to say the, the other thing I said was, 
if Brownfield was going to win, they were going to have to run. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. did. And they did. And so they ended up, I didn't think Fairfield would have an issue with them running and their tempo. And they did at times, right? Uh, Gabby Fields was the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like they, they struggled a lot to stop them. And that's what shocked me because Fairfield's defense is really good as well. Um, but yeah, Brownfield took them to task and it was, it was awesome. Like that was one of the, that was definitely one of the, another highlight of the weekend. Cause they were down, I think Brownfield was down almost 10 with like three minutes to go and they just stormed back and it was that was a lot of fun and Fairfield was a bit shocked you could tell they were like they thought eight point you know, eight ten point lead yeah we're done we got this right and nope now Brownfield uh yeah that was a right. that was another fun one yep the 2a and 1a level um 2a Lipan defeated Martin Mills uh mm-hmm. 44 to 39 and at the 1a level Dodd City breaks through and defeats Nazareth 30 to 21 uh just yeah. quickly on those two yeah the the, the one, I want to hint on the uh um uh, the Dodd city one, uh, mm-hmm. because yeah, that, this was the team that I thought could do it. Right. Yeah. That could, that could snap the losing streak to Nazareth. I thought they would have to do it with Ryan Backus, but she, she was out anyway, and they still had the size advantage. They still got the bottom journey, um, journey Hilliard and they were and Danny Backus, her sister, um, were, were able to carry the team. I think they combined for almost 30 points. Um, 25 I'm looking at it right now, mm-hmm. 25 and 11 rebounds total. And they just held the paint and Nazareth had no answer inside. They couldn't shoot from the outside. They, you know, they were, they were a little off from there. Um, but yeah, Dodd city, man, they were waiting for this one for a while. Um, because yeah, it's, it's, and Nazareth's run. It's wild. They've, this is only their fifth trip without going, without winning state. And they've been 30 times. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. an insane, yeah. you know how crazy Nazareth's run is. That's an insane run. Um, but you know, credit to Dodd city. It's, They've literally just been bitten in the back every single year they've been there to nap by Nazareth and they finally get it done. So, yep. yeah. Now looking at the boys side, we already went over the six, a, the five, a one was probably the one here. I mean, we have a couple other good ones here, but Beaumont United and Dallas Kimball Beaumont United pulls out 71, 70. We saw if you, if you follow any of us on Twitter, then you see the highlights, you saw what happened, but go ahead ish. What happened? Yeah, no, I mean, what else can you say with Terrence Archinell? Like, that kid is an absolute demon for for Beaumont United. He's an demon. assassin. That's like, a great description. He, he's like he is. He's just filthy, man. Like every time they needed a shot, he's like, "Give me the ball, right? Just give me the ball." And the coach, the coach basically said, "Like big, you know, like you think you're a big time player. Big time players step up." Like he told him before the game, "Like big time players step up in big time games." And he's like, "All right, cool, clear out." Like every single time, whether they needed the. The bucket to send it to overtime, which was a corner, bu- corner fadeaway, th- fallaway three, uh, with a man in his face. Swish, no, no problem with that. Or you know, um, the one to win in overtime, like he just took it at the top of the key. He's like, all right, cool, jacking it. Like it was, yep. it was like ice cold. Just and then, and then of course, I mean, I got to credit to Dallas Kimball too. Like they just, they, it was such a fun back and forth game. Like this was easily the most back and forth of the weekend um, in any in girls or boys. Cause it was just two, two teams trading big bucket for big bucket. You thought Kimball had it. You thought, uh, you know, uh, United had it. I think I'm trying to look right now. I think the, the largest lead of the game was 17, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I'm trying to double check that right now, but yeah, it was, it was just one of the, it, to me the, after the game, I tweeted, that this game and then the Canyon Harden Jefferson game and then the Brownfield Fairfield game, I, this is why they, in my opinion, they all need to be on TV. 
Because like yes. Terrence Archinoe should be a star right now. Ter- everybody in the state, should, I mean, they are, right? If you pay attention to basketball, they are yes. talking about Terrence Archinoe. But they, he should absolutely be somebody like a Jordan Whittington a couple years ago for Aquera, where everybody was talking about that, right? Yep. That was this type of game from Terrence Archinoe because he gets two buzzer beaters. And yeah, it was 17. United was up 17 in the second half. And Kimball went on an 8-0 run to close the half. And then they just slowly started chipping away. And then, of course, they almost won it until Archon hit those big shots at the end. Yeah. Um, I want to get on the TV aspect in a bit, but we'll finish running yeah. through it. Argyle defeated – and the 4A level, Argyle defeats Huffman Hargrave 49-30. to Argyle basically held everybody in the state to under 25 points. <laughs> if they, that, was, that, was, that was surgical. Like, that was yeah. a really, really impressive defense kind of to watch. Argyle has, Argyle has, like, a bunch of guys who are just really, really good, <laughs> and yeah. they just hold everybody – they just play incredible defense, and no one scores more than, like, 15. <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah, everybody like, just like, fills oh it up. Oh, my God, they scored 15 in a game. Yeah, okay. right. All right. Um, and then at the three level, Cole defeats Tatum uh, 77 to 60. I believe Cole's it was Cole. first title since Shaq. There you go. Yeah, you since go. Shaq, since Shaquille O'Neal, which is nuts to think about because they've been, you know, they've been a good program. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was a really cool moment for them, too. Fun, fun fact I used to have football practice at Pop at the Pop Warner level right next to Cole High School. So, oh, nice. There you go. Um, oh, a couple of, uh, I think, Cole Argyle. I know Cole was the actually the, the interesting thing about Cole was they were the last team to punch their ticket to the finals last year before the tournament shut down. Mm-hmm. They were literally the last semifinal game to get in. So they were like them and I, f- I forgot who in 1A and 2A, but or uh, who in 1A, I think. Um, but they were the last team to punch their ticket and they probably had a team to do to, to win the title last year, but they had to wait another year. So that was like. Yeah. That was like extra for them. Argyle too. Argyle, they didn't get to play their semifinal, but they made the trip down to San Antonio when it got canceled. Yeah, exactly. At the two A level, we had Clarendon uh, defeat Grapeland sixty four to sixty, and at the one A level, uh, Textline defeats uh, Slido uh, fifty four to fifty three. Anything but good games. Uh, Will Luther, Will Luther for uh, Textline. Uh, basically, until Terrence Archinoe, Will Luther was kind of the story of the of the state championships because he ended up hitting. A big bucket because uh, I think with 10 seconds I want to say it was a uh, it was one of those where he he inbounded the ball received it like near mid half court and then just like stopped on a dime take a step back three and just like jacked it up they were down two like he could they could have gone for the tie but yeah. he decided to not they saw he saw the defense collapse and he just kind of pulled it back and jacked a jacked a really nice step back three and just cold blooded. Uh, that was that was a really cool ending, and that was that was how the day started. So that, we thought we yeah. were going to be in for something pretty fun yep. based off of that. Yep. So those are the twelve championship games. Congratulations to all of the state championship, and just happy that we got those games in, and we were able to mm-hmm. crown champions this year, man. Congratulations yeah, I know. to everybody involved. We had to run a we had to run a because uh, we ran the girls championship in the magazine last year, or the girls winners, mm-hmm. but we had to run like a you know like a congratulations to all the finalists kind of thing for the yeah. boys because you know what are you going to do. <laughs> Yep. Um, now, the, I know the six the six A game was on television at Fox. Six A. So six A every year uh, in a normal year, Fox airs the six A games, whether it's boys yes. or girls. Uh, a ten year about a decade ago, basically, I think Nick Alvarado corrected me on this. Uh, they used to air all of them, um, but recent I don't know how recently, but they just started doing six A. Um, this time, because of the schedule conflict, because usually it's you know boys one weekend girls then or girls net one weekend boys the next so they yeah. block out that friday yeah. but but uh with it being four days in a row they had to do something to kind of work it out and so they ended up doing the girls 5a 
on Wednesday and then the boys 6A on Saturday. So it yeah. was weird structuring, but that was how they had to like basically do it. Cause yeah. I don't know what schedule conflicts there were, if there was like a Mavs game or something like that, but yeah. that was why I think the, that's how they got, that's how they did it this year. Girls 5A, boys 6A. Yeah. Hope, hopefully, you know, like you said, it, it would be great for all these games to be on TV. I mean, just, they're not even semifinal games, they're championship games right. um, for people who can watch from anywhere in the state. I mean, I, I personally just sit there and watch with my family and just sit there and watch the games. Like it's just yeah. something you, and we're not even like huge. Uh, my parent, my parents aren't even huge high school basketball fans, but you just sit there and watch it. It's like yeah. just something on TV, you know, it's if sure. nothing else. So, and at the, at the very least, like I would love for that. Like, even if they just stick with like six, a right. For like rating yeah. sake, right. If they just yeah. want the biggest, but if they put the other ones on the app, like I would love the other ones to have just that Fox feel, right. If you just, yep. cause like that's until this year, that's what they do with one a in football. If they just want to do five, a six, a on TV and then, 1A through 4A on the app. Like, I'm okay with that. I would love yep. that, just like that production quality of, of Fox, just to, you know, have, uh, give, make that available. Yep. For sure. For sure. All right. Anything else on the high schools before we move on here? Uh, no, just a good job by everyone. Um, like you said, we got to crown 12 champions this year, which is uh, something obviously we could not say last year. Yep. Um, and yeah. So hopefully we can keep that going and get back to a little bit more normal next year. For sure. For sure. All right into college basketball i want to start real quickly touching on uh the women's side mm-hmm. baylor pulled out the uh big 12 championship uh they basically cruised i mean i was about to say pulled out it's probably not, a, not they didn't they didn't pull it out they just like dominated like they, it was just like they, yeah, they, they, they didn't they, pull they out walked, the 76 set 50 victory over walk to a championship uh as we all assumed <laughs> baylor to win uh, so it wasn't really surprised on that end yeah. Um, I don't have the SEC up. If you could pull that up while I talk about yeah. the, the Rice Mill Tennessee game championship, which I did see in person. I was there at the star. Um, it was before the, the men's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rice obviously has been the powerhouse in conference USA basketball, women's basketball for a long time, or at least for in recent years. Uh, but Mill Tennessee, man, they were a good team. Man, they really? were a good team. And so uh, Milton C came out and hit a bunch of threes. They stretched the floor. They p- put Mulkey in a lot of pick and pop situations there. Mm. Um, and really the only way you can go at Rice is with that stretch five or you go small against them, really. So right. um, Mulkey still had a few blocks, but and Rice was able to really keep it close, tie it, you know, be right there, but they never got over the hump. And Milton C just made shot after shot after shot. Um, I don't know what Rice's overall picture is, if how if this if their season's over now or not, but mm-hmm. they obviously are a very good team, and um, so it was it was interesting to see them lose because I just kind of assumed Rice was going to win. But sure, I mean that's been Middle the past couple, is, past three years, right, where you yeah. basically kind of just pencil them in for Conference yeah. USA. <laughs> yeah, and but Middle Tennessee did also a shout out to the uh, UTEP uh, women's team who was a mm-hmm. second seed in the Western Division, made it to the semis, who Middle Tennessee beat. Um, I probably should have noticed there when Middle Tennessee beat UTEP 74 to 58 in the semis because UTEP was a pretty good team. I saw them play earlier in the week as well. I was kind of just there at the star of the whole week, just right. watching just games just go on and on and on. Um, unfortunately, North Texas women's lost in the uh, quarterfinal round. I'm sorry, not even the quarterfinal round, the first round because they were the three seed. Yeah, uh, they mm-hmm. lost to Old Dominion who made the semifinal as well. Um, but good year for those three programs, Rice, North Texas, uh, UTEP, and 
where's UTSA in here? UTSA is somewhere in here. Oh, they well, that yeah, UTSA kind of struggled this year. Right. Yeah. I, I was about to say, it's like, uh, you don't have to mention UTSA. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right we'll, we'll go. Keep going. Keep going. I keep going. Anyways. But uh, so uh, SEC, by the way, uh, AM was upset by Georgia, um, which, uh, yeah, which, which was disappointing because they could have really beaten South Carolina. Um, South Carolina ended up winning the SEC championship, which I was. Yeah, um, you know, though, obviously, I think I'm trying to think. I think AM still seated fairly. Yeah, they still have a, I think they're projected to get a one uh, yeah, still. So, yeah, right. So, you know, well, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, but Rice looks to be out. Houston looks to be the last team on the bubble. They're in the next four out. Um, oh. So they're not really, they're kind of really hanging on by a thread. Like yeah. there's there's the thread and then there's like, the, the next the thread, thread and then there's like the 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 person holding on to the person holding on to the thread and that's where houston is so they're kind of they're kind of really dangling there um yeah right now i'm looking at some of the bracketology stuff has texas is seven um we'll know obviously all this on monday sfa is an 11 um, okay i like that yeah i'm just kind of skimming through sfa's had a really good year sfa's looks like really good this year yeah. this one see this one has baylor as a two which is interesting mm um AM is a one in the Riverwalk region because all of all of this is of course all san in san antonio, antonio. it's hey. it's weird we got the Riverwalk region the mercado region the hemisphere region and the alamo region that is just I man if it. you're in san antonio you gotta be loving it. that <laughs> i love it so much I, I love it so much the market square region come on i, I love it but yeah i'm just i was just looking through bracketology real quick but that was uh well no i will discuss more of these um after the brackets release probably yes yeah we'll, we'll have a podcast up um sometime during the week just going over matchups yeah. and and the men's and women's uh brackets and whatnot and how we think it's going to go so let's wrap up or let's get to the conference tournaments uh the ones we previewed on the last podcast start with the the big 12 um as you all know we had the, the one we all had our eyes on was Texas Tech and Texas. And um, you were right. Texas pulled it out. They did it. Uh, yeah. And that, yeah, that's yeah. Pulling, it, pulling it out right there. Now, so. that, that is, yeah, that is a definitely getting away with it because, man, when I saw that score, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I felt that Texas – and I guess I can mention, you know, we can mention that Texas went on the win the win the whole damn yes. thing. But um, uh, I, I didn't figure them winning. When I said that they had the highest ceiling, I thought that would just mean, you know, the championship. But of course, Baylor ended up losing, and then all bets were off. But yeah, Matt Coleman, man, Matt Coleman, dude, like that guy is just so smooth when he needs to be he has that killer instinct when he needs to have it he doesn't get out of control that was the biggest like issue with a lot of shock of smart teams it was like even him like before this year their point guards or their guard play just wasn't there and they could they didn't know how to get guys the ball they would either be too score heavy and he's like that perfect blend he is like the perfect shock of smart guard and he's really just shown this year but especially in the tournament man he kicked it up to a level it's uh, 19 points against uh, Texas Tech. I don't know what he had against Oklahoma State. 30. 30, 30 against Oklahoma State. 30. Like He was insane. Brock Cunningham's defense um, yep. has just been insane. He's the glue guy for that team. You know, he'll average two points, but, you know, just lock somebody down and just yep. bring in that extra um, spark off the bench. It, it's it's what a run, man. This run was really interesting. Really I cool. mean, they were able to play Kai Jones 18 minutes against Oklahoma State. I thought he played uh, pretty well. I was able to watch 
uh, probably about 60% of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was juggling this one, uh, the Texas Southern Prairie View one, and then par- part of the Houston-Memphis game as well while I was mm-hmm. watching the rice Mill tennessee game in front of the women's game in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of had my eyes on like four different games. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, Kai Jones comes in, hits a three, hits, um, hits a tough jumper, and that's kind of what we said Kai Jones can do mm-hmm. uh, whenever he's on. But Matt Coleman, man. This the guard trio just puts up 46 points and Ramey only had three. And you're like their, right. their big score only had three. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> if this team gets Matt Cole, this Matt Coleman yeah. and this Jericho Sims. I didn't even mention Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims. Yeah. I watched all of the first half basically. And Jericho Sims was just a monster. Just yeah. the difference. And I, I mean, I see a lot, a lot of people, I follow a lot of draft people and stuff like that. Be like, you know, Jericho Sims is, has shown a lot of, a lot more NBA potential than people thought. Mm-hmm. And I, I just see it now. It, I, yeah. I didn't see it as much before because I thought it was just not quite there, but sure. the way he can, because there's differences between going to the rim and attacking the rim. And right, I right. feel like Jericho Sims has figured that out with his size and strength. He's really filled out and he just attacks the rim now. And that is that is really big for this team because they have plenty of shooting, they have some defense, but just that rim runner guy that's going to get you. He had twenty one and fourteen to Oklahoma State. I thought he was tremendous. That was the difference for me. Um, but this team just clicked in a sense, yeah. and they to put ninety one right points on Oklahoma State, which Oklahoma State is a defensive juggernaut, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That just shows what this team can do. Yeah, so. no, I agree. Um, we should also mention, you know, of course, Texas had a, you know, quote unquote, a free ride to the finals because, of course, Kansas had COVID issues. But, you know, they had to beat Tech and then they had to beat, you know, arguably the best individual player in the in the tournament and Kate yeah, Cunningham, and- who just put the team on his back against Baylor. Like that was I, we mentioned it a little bit where we're like, oh, if Kate Cunningham goes off, yeah, Oklahoma State can do anything. And then he just goes off and it's just like, all right. Ah, damn. Yeah, that's that was going to happen. <laughs> we still didn't think that, that it was possible for him to go off enough to beat yeah. Baylor. Right. Yeah. It was like, Oh, he might happen. But then Avery Anderson drops 20 and it's like, Oh, I didn't expect that part. Like (laughs) I I knew he'd probably drop 25, but Avery Anderson dropping 20 wasn't what I had in mind too. Yep. Yep. And so once that happens and the the Oklahoma state guards were kind of in control, which was really (laughs) unique in a sense. And their defense is, like I said, is their defense is elite. Oklahoma state's defense is, is pretty elite. I want to say in Kempom, I think they're top. I don't, I'm not going to guesstimate because I don't have Kempom up right now, but they're, they're pretty high up there. And then mm-hmm. just the bigs for Baylor weren't able to get their feet under them. Mark Vidal was really struggling. Uh, as he's, far had as a, scoring, he's had a rough stretch now. Yeah, he hasn't he's never been, been yet, a really good scorer. Right. But, right. I mean, he had 15 rebounds, which is what he has to do. But yeah. they were kind of leaving him in a lot of uh, areas. Uh, Jonathan Chamchachua, Chamwa Chachua and Flo Thamba both had eh, games. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean – it was, and whenever that happens, I still believe in the trio of Teague, Mitchell, Butler to be good enough mm-hmm. to win them games. Sure, sure. But Cade Cunningham said that's not enough to be right. Like yeah. if 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 Cade Cade and Oklahoma State are going to play that well, then Baylor has to play its A game because then- I I I will admit I thought Baylor could play its B game and get away with it. I thought and- so too. They couldn't because Oklahoma State was better than I thought they were. And their ceiling it, is higher than I thought they were, even though I knew Cade could do this, if that makes it sense. It reminded me a lot of last year's Baylor, where, like, they're struggling. Jared Butler jacks a three, right? They're struggling. Davion Mitchell jacks a three. They're struggling. Maceo Teague jacks a three. And especially when Flagler didn't play well, 
Uh, Meyer didn't play well. And so it's like, okay, well, there goes, there are two other scoring options. So now the three guys, the three guards are going to have to just jack up shots and they didn't score well from, they didn't shoot well from three. I think, let me see. I'm trying to, they've shot 26%. Oh, sorry. They shot 21%. Yeah. 21% from three. Like, and again, the fact that Baylor's having to jack 28 threes is not necessarily a good thing. Like they shouldn't be having to jack that many threes. That means they're chasing the game. And Baylor's a good shooting team, but they're not necessarily like, you know, they're not Villanova, right? They're not the ones that are going to be, you know, just absolutely lighting it up and and running down the court and putting up a shot in transition or something. But, yeah. you know, they were forcing a lot of things because they couldn't really get inside. You know, like you mentioned, Oklahoma State's just a really good defense. And if you let Oklahoma State play with a lead, uh, like, yep. you know, they're going to, that's their element. So, yeah. Yep, that was, uh, I mean, you know, whatever. They still got a one seed, Baylor did. But, yeah. um, you know, just that extra little sting for them to not get that conference title. Yeah. Um, they eventually went to Texas. Yeah, Baylor is, I, I, it's tough to describe that. I, I think they're a great shooting team mm-hmm. when they get the shots they want. Some teams sure, just sure. can't shoot in, in general. But obviously right. we know that Baylor is a great shooting team when they get the shots they want. And they're mm-hmm. playing with the lead so many times. They play in the open court. They just, they they have a free flowing offense where guys just create, you know, driving Mm -hmm. kicks type stuff. And then they're just getting good looks. And like you said, when Oklahoma state got the lead, it just felt like they pressed a little bit and you can't press against Oklahoma state because when you press, then Oklahoma state is in control and Baylor hasn't been enough games where they've been pressed to where they, they, they fully understand how to get out of it. Obviously if they, you know, there is a there's a chance they could play the same exact game against Oklahoma State and go 10 of 28 instead of mm-hmm. 6 of 28, and then there's a very close game. They probably win it down the stretch. Right. But they were pressed, and they didn't shoot that well, and they probably had one of their worst shooting games of the season. I don't know if there's another game where they shot 21%, but uh, mm-hmm. for a team that shoots 42% on the season, right. um, that, that was concerning to me. So now it's yeah. like, all right, because Oklahoma State is – a four seed in the tournament you're and that's someone you could potentially play in the sweet 16 not oklahoma state but i'm saying a four seed i don't even have the bracket memorized at this point but we'll right. talk about that later yeah you're gonna have to go through a sweet 16 elite eight final four championship four straight games of i will say baylor did not get an easy draw like i saw not, some people hey, not like gonzaga man gonzaga no, gonzaga is going to skip <laughs> yeah we can talk about that in a bit but they're they are a hop skipping away from making it from the final four but yeah. baylor is not like I'm just—I mean, we'll we'll get into the bracket more in a little bit, but let me just put this: uh, Sweet 16 path is so they get Hartford, but North Carolina, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's really good. Yes. Villanova, Winthrop, Purdue, North Texas. Like that is that's not easy. Wisconsin and Purdue are Purdue. really good. Yeah, Purdue yeah. is really good. Yeah. Um, so to get them in the Sweet 16, if Baylor, you know, if Baylor can beat Wisconsin, which isn't a given, but Wisconsin's really good too. Yeah. Uh, the Big Ten was really deep this year. Yeah. Um, Again, it's tough. And then you look at the other side of the bracket with Ohio State, Texas Tech, Arkansas. Like, it, All you have to say is, is the bottom half of that bracket. The bottom half of that bracket is brutal. Ohio brutal. State, Arkansas. So if you get out of the Sweet 16, yeah, you get that in the Elite Eight. Like, that's that's nasty. Like, it's Baylor is going to have to be on their game and more because, yeah, we'll get into the bracket. But uh, uh, just a, a tangent about being concerned a little bit about how they played because, yeah. yeah, it's not an easy draw. Nope, nope, nope. Um. All right. Anything else? Oh yeah, TCU lost. Oh, <laughs> hey, T- man, TCU. Hey, to be fair, Kansas State played Baylor tough, so 
that's true that's There's true your consolation uh, yeah. tcu we uh we you called that too you're like oh yeah tcu's there like in the last episode you're like all oh, right tcu's there they're probably not gonna win and then sure enough they just lose by 20 i was like you know maybe they're, they're doing something better you know maybe they're playing a little more under control uh no <laughs> No, it's uh, it yes. might be time to have some conversations about Jamie Dixon. So, yeah, yeah those conversations that have, should have started about three months ago. All right, <laughs> to the a- American Athletic Conference, the AAC, where we have another Texas champion. Uh, well, all five conferences have Texas championships champions, mm-hmm. uh, that we're going to talk about here. Uh, Houston, uh, rolls to a championship. Their only tough game was the Memphis game, which I watched probably 30% of it, if I had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got the picture because it's Houston and Houston does the same thing every single game and they play pretty consistently. And that's why they're able to blow Cincinnati out and they're able to pull out, they're able to win close games and they're able to pull out uh, and they're able to blow out teams in a championship setting like that. I was Houston is a really, just really great team. Just really. Yeah, no, they're there. I'm really excited to see them on the national stage. Cause I feel like they've, <laughs> Under the radar is wrong, but they haven't been talked about as much as you would think a good Houston team would be talked about. I think they have been under the radar. Probably. I mean, they're number six they're in Kemp. They're two seed. Yeah. They are, they're like, it's, it's wild how, like, Houston's good. Like, when Houston was good in football, everybody knew about Houston, right? Yeah. Houston's supposed to be good in basketball, right? Everybody remembers Slamma Jamma, and, like, yep. that should be a thing. Especially when the Rockets aren't good right now. Like, there's yep. no basketball going on in Houston right now. There's just the Cougars. And you don't really hear that many people talking about them. They have yeah. a potential first-round pick probably coming out of the draft in Quentin Grimes, hometown kid. Like, this should be a team that everybody's talking about. Um, you know, you have a, a, a elite-level coach. Um, you have a great freshman class. Uh, Tremont Marks, insane. Um, he's probably going to keep this thing going when Grimes probably leaves for the draft of this year. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, I mean, they're, I think their draw is decent. Like, I don't think their draw, you know, I'm mean, trying to look right now. West Virginia in their bottom half. I mean, it's pretty, then, I mean, Clemson, I like Rutgers. That. Is, I like that. Yeah, I, like, like, I that like their too. draw. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we should be talking about Houston more. And then they just ran, like you mentioned, they just ran through the AAC. Like, <laughs> that's and, insane. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the thing about, I mean, to go to your point of them being unappreciated, I could argue that they are of the all the one through three seeds. I think they are by far the least amount talked about on the national stage. Sure, by far. I, th- like, I can agree with that. Yeah, Arkansas is more. Uh, West Virginia is more. Like I, Houston is a team that I think has the path here for an elite eight birth against Illinois, and that is going to be that would be a game. Obviously, mm-hmm. anything can happen um you know march madness isn't a direct uh reflection of how good a team is or sure. the best team winning but if we got that game then people would have to take notice because then you just can't deny houston going swing for swing with illinois which i think they would in my to opinion. me they have the makings of like a legitimate to, to me a legitimate national title contender because you have you have quote-unquote the guy right you have quentin grimes yep. you have the depth around him with guys like uh, Tremont Mark and uh, Jean Giraud and, and guys like that. Gorm, but then you yeah. also have, yeah, yeah, you have elite defense. Um, so I don't know. They're so, I'm trying to think of, especially in this state, like Baylor is the only other team that's that well-rounded to me. When you have the elite guy, right, with Jared Butler and Quentin Grimes, you have elite defense, and then you have just a plethora of other guys who can fill it up on any given night. And 
yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, obviously teams like Texas and Tech may have like more seasoned guys and more veteran guys or and in Texas's case, more athletic, uh, high potential, high, yeah. uh, high ceiling guys. But as far as just execution and what they've been doing, like Houston, it's Houston and Baylor to me as far as like the, the, the two to make a run, in my opinion. I agree. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, we'll talk we'll talk uh, seeding and brackets real quickly afterwards. Uh, I want to touch on SMU because Kendrick Davis dropped 35, but nobody mm. else scored in double digits as they lost to Cincinnati. And uh, then Cincinnati went on to beat Wichita State. and drop 25 and lose. Come on now. <laughs> 35. 35. 35. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I, I've seen a few SMU games and it's always Kendrick Davis, Kendrick right. Davis. I'm like, someone help this man, please. <laughs> right. um, Who do they got coming back? They got Tyson, Tyson Jolly, Jolly coming back. Tyson Jolly, I know, was hurt for a period of the season and then came mm-hmm. back and whatnot. It's kind of been a weirder year for them. I know the AAC has had a lot of COVID cancellations and stuff like that throughout sure. the season. So I'll give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But uh, so that was. I don't know. Jolly could come. I mean, he's obviously everybody could come back. If he was hurt, I don't know if he's going to decide to come back or not. Uh, Kendrick Davis is back next year. Farron Hunt is back next year. They're, that's solid. Uh, there'd be, that'd be, that's an, I'm curious. I'm really interested to see if Tyson Jolly decides to come back. Yeah, because um, he only played one, two, three, four, five, six. This says he only played. Yeah, he only played seven games this year. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be interested to see an SMU next year because they have. I mean, they have some solid guys returning naturally uh, without the the COVID um, extra year. Yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah, that that'd be an interesting team to watch out for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing Cincinnati beat Wichita State uh, was like, damn, we all could have maybe had that SMU versus Houston final, which um, yeah. Houston, I think, ran them in the regular season. I think I'm pretty mm. sure I watched that one back. Um, but hey, that would have been interesting nonetheless. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that's it for the American. Again, Houston will be the only team we have out of Texas, I think. And then Wichita State will be in a playing game um, right. at his own 11 seed. Now to Conference USA, where I was the entire week. Um, All right, man. Uh, I'm gonna let you cook. Go for it. <laughs> I, I, I think I've I've cooked my brain in the past <laughs> four days. Like like you were you were doing obviously all the high school stuff, and yeah. I was doing all the Conference USA stuff. So it was just we're both just like entrenched in it right now. Right. It's like oh my god, and the way it ended is just still mind boggling. Uh, let's touch on all the Texas teams. Go for it. UTSA beat Charlotte in the first round, 72-62. Uh, Jackson and Wallace played well in the first half, got kind of shut down in the second half, but still uh, they pulled out the win. Mm-hmm. And then they played Western Kentucky, where it looked like they could maybe do something for a bit. And then Western Kentucky said, no, no, you can't <laughs> do that anymore. And so then it just, they took away Tavion Hollingsworth. I'm pretty sure, I'm, I don't have the box run for me. I'm pretty sure Keaton Wallace had a, had a much better game, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he had, he had, uh, they had 30 points. 30 points. Jackson there. only had five. Jesus. Yeah, they were really hounding jackson and jackson's a guy that if he doesn't get that early rhythm which he almost always gets he's forcing it yeah if he doesn't get that early rhythm then because a lot of his shots are touch floaters and those little fadeaways and stuff they're tough microwave Um, stuff yeah and keaton wallace is is a legit dude he could he could play somewhere i I mean not in the nba level but you know whether it's overseas or uh, g G league type stuff he's he's got good defense too that's another thing about keaton wallace so utsa's run uh comes up short uh against west kentucky which isn't anything you know to to um, at least they didn't lose to charlotte you know right that's what we were worried about we were worried because we we mentioned how they had the high ceiling but also the pretty uh, low floor and it was, it was like all right this this could go either way <laughs> exactly they reached expectations uh not in the regular season right. in the regular season you wish they would have done better to have a better seed in the first place 
yeah. uh, but they were in a pretty tough division with uh, UAB, Louisiana Tech, and North Texas. Um, Rice, Rice went on the run, man. Rice did the thing pretty much. Um, it wasn't a crazy run, but it was a run. They beat Southern Miss mm-hmm. in the playing game on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, they played Marshall, who I had Marshall. I thought Marshall was going to beat them, but Rice comes out and pretty much won from the start. They beat Marshall 72-68. Max Fiedler for Rice uh, at the center position is kind of their Nikola Jokic type guy. He kind of just catches mm-hmm. at the high post and just everyone just runs around him. Yeah, and then he just passes around. I had Max Fiedler from Rice on my all-conference team when I filled out the bra- the thing. I had him on my all-conference team because he was putting up like 20, 11, and like six or something like that. Nice. He's, yeah. So he's like a Nicole Yoke gets light. There you go. Yeah. And then they played UAB, and UAB is a ridiculously good defensive team, and they kind of shut that down. Yeah. But good season from Rice as far as in the postseason. I I feel like they should have been better than what they were in the regular season, but you know that's. And we'll see next year, I guess, if they can get it together. UTEP lost to FAU in a really, really good game in the first, in the quarterfinal, or in the, I'm sorry, the first round. Uh, so that was UTEP. See, another team that kind of underperformed with the talent they had. Yeah, they had a lot of talent for the and season they had. Every time I looked, I was like, how are they losing this game? Um, the West is, yeah, the West is kind of crazy in, in the in the conference, in Conference USA, because you go from Louisiana mm-hmm. Tech to UAB to North Texas, three teams in the top, like, 80 of Ken Palm. And mm-hmm. then... So then you have UTSA, UTEP, and Rice who have like really good players. But if you're not playing at that level consistently, then you're just going to fall behind. And that's what right. happened. But I cut yeah, you off. I UTEP. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, um, I mean, 12 and 12, just not good, especially when they bring in like, uh, I'm trying to look, they're 135 in Kempom. I mean, that's just not what you want when you bring in guys like Christian Shuland and, and uh, B enemy as well. Yep. Like, um, and then of course you have, you have Bryson Williams and it's like those three alone and then Keontae Kennedy you mentioned Keontae Kennedy uh Sule Boom yeah Sule Boom like those guys should be enough to like they should have been in contention for Conference USA like a 500 record with those guys is kind of nuts to me um so yeah I don't know that was I don't under a disappointment's an understatement because yeah you have I mean those guys just should be able to start and I don't if not start then like get minutes anywhere in the state like anywhere in any program in the state should be able to find minutes for those guys and for them to all be on the same team and barely get 500 yeah eh, not great it's it's tough yeah it's it's tough and they this was the year i thought utep could maybe take a step forward but then i sure. watched them in person get swept by north texas and score and lose 63 to 33 and i was like no, yeah i'm looking uh i'm looking at their what they bring back so obviously they lose bryson williams bryson's gone uh, uh that's boom. kind of it no boom. no the, everybody's a junior so okay. Okay, yeah, Keontae Kennedy's a sophomore. Uh, Jamal Bienemy is a sophomore or is a junior. Christian Shulin's a sophomore. So they need a big. I mean, they need a big. They'll yeah, they'll need somebody. They'll probably. I mean, I would go JUCO to get somebody to or or transfer. I mean, knowing Rodney Terry, they'll just get another transfer to come in. I mean, McCaslin talks highly of Rodney Terry. Uh, I don't know much about Rodney Terry besides that. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of trust McCaslin in that respect. At the very least, he's like brought them talent. Yes. Right, like he, he's brought in the whether he's getting the most out of that talent, we'll especially see next year. But he's at least brought them respectable talent to where they're not just an easy mark on the schedule. Yep. All right, now to after I mean, the only team left after those three were all ousted in the either quarterfinals or first round was North Texas. North Texas uh defeated Middle Tennessee in the 
first round 76 to 56 got pushed a little bit there which was good for them but they were able coming they came into the tournament on a three game losing streak losing mm-hmm. the UAB twice and Marshall once uh so they kind of needed that first game you know to get their feet under them which was the hope um and that's what they did the first game they won by 20 then they played Old Dominion and Old Dominion is always just a physical team they made the tournament two years ago um and so or three years ago I'm sorry no, it was two. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, they defeated Old Dominion. It was always a physical team, 61 to 55. Just a really tough game for North Texas. And that's where we started to see Javion Hamlet really assert himself here, right? And so Javion Hamlet, for those who don't know, was last year's Conference USA Male Athlete of the Year. Uh, not just Basketball Player of the Year. He was the Male Athlete of the Year. So you go through all the, the male sports. He was the mm-hmm. best player across the board. That's how great he was last year. And so this year, he'd kind of been underachieving to an extent. And we're kind of worried about him, maybe finding his rhythm, um, against, especially against physical defenses. Like La Tech, he struggled with in the regular season. Old Dominion is a physical defense. Played really well. Really, really well. And the thing is, North Texas lost their backup guard, Ruben Jones from Yates, from Houston Yates, mm-hmm. if y'all remember him. Mm-hmm. He was playing really well for them. And he got hurt before in the last game of the season, pretty much. And so he was out for the tournament. So Javion Hamlet basically played out of the four games. He probably only set a total of six minutes. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, he played. Uh, played 45 minutes La in the championship game. La Tech, 30, uh, 37 minutes. Old Dominion, 40. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Middle uh, Tennessee, 38. And then 45. In yeah. the so five minutes. So five. He was out on the nuts. court for all the five. That, it just. Nuts. When I tell you it was an unbelievable run, it wasn't just – you have to just believe me. You can't – you yeah. have to. So um, after they defeated Old Dominion, they went and played Louisiana Tech in the semifinal with Western and UAB on the other side. That foursome of a group is really, really good. Yeah. Like Western, Kentucky, UAB, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, I think are all top 85-ish. I think Western's a little lower on Kimpon for some reason. But, yeah, they're, they're just all top 100 teams. And so you get Western Kentucky UAB played a really good game. Western pulls it out. And then Louisiana Tech, North Texas was a physical game. La Tech didn't have their starting point guard. Um, and North Texas ends up just locking them down, just completely destroying them. And JV mm-hmm. played well again. So they go to the championship game against Western Kentucky. And Western Kentucky up to that point looked unstoppable. They really did. They looked unstoppable. The, the beat UAB, I thought UAB could beat them mm-hmm. because UAB is – a kind of a similar team to North Texas in a lot of ways in their defense and how they kind of play. Uh, they're a little more aggressive than North Texas though, but Charles Bassey went crazy against UAB and yeah. UAB is a big team and Charles Bassey controlled that game. And then they hit threes. They went 10 to 20 from three. And you're just like, if Western Kentucky goes 10 to 20 from three and has Charles Bassey go done. crazy, you're not beating them. So yeah. coming into the game, I had it as a coin flip because I thought North Texas could slow it down. And I could not have imagined what I actually ended up unfolding here. I, I won't spend too long, but man, North Texas comes out 17-0 run. Yeah. 17-0 run to start the game. And I'm just sitting there. Like there are a few times in my life, obviously I haven't covered as many games as, you know, let's say like a 50-year-old journalist sure, sure. doing this for <laughs> years here. But right, there are right. a few times in my life where I just sit there and just don't look at my computer, don't look at my phone or anything. I just sit there and I'm like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> right. They go on a 17-0 run to start the game. Unlike anything I've ever seen, the biggest yeah. uh, run to start a game in the McCaslin era, so the past four years, <sighs> in the championship game. And you're, but the whole time, again, with that, with that happen, you're just like, Weston's going to come back. 
there's there's zero chance that a team with this i don't know if you saw my tweet of the amount of seniors on the court yeah and the amount of juniors like the amount of upperclassmen on the court here is like they're gonna make some just, type of yeah they're gonna come back in some way this for a mid-major game it doesn't get any better than this yeah. like it is incredible so 17-0 um they go up they're up 34-23 at halftime and again we're still like oh they're gonna come back they're gonna come back second half North Texas is kind of on a little bit of fatigue, kind of playing their fourth game in four days, and West Kentucky mm-hmm. is just like willing themselves back. They hit a shot, hit a shot. Charles Bassley finally hits a three. He goes one of six on the night, but he finally hit that three, and it was just mm-hmm. the whole tie turn. You're just like, this Uh-oh. is where it happens. Uh oh, this is it. Because <laughs> then they start getting comfortable. Yeah. And um, man, they West Kentucky goes up seven points north texas doesn't score for nine whole minutes a quarter of the game north texas does not score and western goes up by seven with three minutes left up to that point north texas had made three field goals in the second half Mm -hmm. three in the next three minutes they scored three field goals and tied the game at at, um i don't even remember what was the score at was it 51 no 51 51 uh at regulation at the end of regulation uh 48 48 48 48 the end of regulation yeah Oh my gosh, dude. I couldn't believe it. They couldn't score for 17 minutes, but in the three minutes, they get all the stops. They hit the shots. They make the plays. They send it to overtime, go to overtime. And Western Kentucky hits a three to start the, start the half. And for some reason in my head, I think in everybody else's head, that was North, uh, they're either in green or on the team was just like, it didn't matter. North Texas had won this game. And right. you know, North Texas wins the game. Javion Hamlet hits a game winner uh, with about 20 seconds left. Lot western turns the ball over and great uh, shot from hamlet too dude's cold-blooded <laughs> so he's the, great, i jumped into this game I was, we were talking before before we started i jumped into this game the late second half because i was still writing uh my gamer from the last the last state championship and the thing that like i'll say quote unquote frustrated me because like obviously mm-hmm. i'll you know as as the editor of texas basketball magazine i want north texas to win yeah um but what frustrated me just from a basketball perspective yes. was the inability of Western Kentucky to get Charles Bassey the ball. And don't, don't get me wrong, he didn't shoot great, right? He was, finished like three for 12 or something, yes. right? It wasn't good. But you mentioned that three. That three came so late. 10.45. Yeah. He hit two free throws at nine minutes. And then he didn't score. <laughs> he didn't have an attempt. He did not have – he had – yeah, from nine minutes through the end, he did not have a single attempt. And it wasn't like they weren't trying to get him the ball, yeah. right? We, uh, especially in overtime after Hamlet hits that shot, they had, a, they had a play set up for him where he's on the post and they just threw the ball out of bounds. Like yeah. they could, for some reason, they didn't think to, that he was going to be down low or, that, or something. I don't know. There was some miscommunication because um, that ended up being where uh, uh, James Reese ended up hitting the, the free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, because they missed that pass but yeah like Bassey you could tell Bassey is just like what are, what's going on I'm not touching the ball here the entire overtime I'm pretty sure he did not touch the ball he, he had, had two, two free throws. throws he had two free throws and that's it like it was maddening I, if I was a West Kentucky fan like I'd be in, oh, incensed it's like you have the star fans player were plenty plenty upset plenty yeah. upset for plenty of reasons um <laughs> Uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Zachary Simmons, the center for North Texas, been there started for four years. Yeah. Um, play, I mean, breaking, broken a lot of records in Conference USA and North Texas as far as like how many consecutive starts mm-hmm. he's played. Just 
played just a ton of games for North Texas. Been really the building block for North Texas um, in the middle. And I can't lie, going into the game, I was like, Charles Bassey is should win that matchup. Mm-hmm. But what do you know? Zach Simmons somehow won that matchup. And that was the difference in the game pretty much. And they yeah. forced them to take jumpers. They forced them out of the paint. And yeah, there were some moments where I'm like, why is Charles Bassey standing on the three-point line? You know, was, where it was, I don't, it was they were, settled it felt a lot. like they were kind of, I mean, North Texas obviously kind of baited them into shooting sure, threes, sure. Little, oh, but still, you don't yeah. have to take them. No, but, right, yeah, because like, North, yes, they're they're baiting you because it's like, yeah, stay out of the paint, please. Like, they don't yeah. want you there. And that's how the game started with uh, Western missing like three or four threes, missing mm-hmm. jumpers, and North Texas just got layups and then hit a couple. Javion hit like a step back three, and at that point, the the tide was just. I think it was just too too much to overcome. Even though Western pulled it back, it was like. Yeah what North Texas knew that they could do it at that point. Sure. And that was, sure. that was something that was interesting for a Western Kentucky team that on paper is the better team here. So sure. Um, all credit to North Texas. Congratulations to them making an NCAA tournament, getting a 13 seed. We'll talk about that in a second. Yep. Um, now you are trying to find your way to Indianapolis. <laughs> I am trying to get to Indianapolis, um, at least for the first game. And we'll yeah. go from Along there. Along with after. a bunch of other people that I know. Yeah. UNT. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's going to be a good contingent there no matter what. Exactly. All right. Um, the last major one, uh, we'll also talk about the SWAC and Johnny Jones yeah. after this. But uh, real quickly, the I shouldn't say real quickly. The Southland Conference mm-hmm. was really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes um, <laughs> Lamar, I, I I warned us on the last podcast about Sam Houston. Yeah, they can't get stops. Right, and Lamar was not stopped. <laughs> Lamar just scored the ball, and they were. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they led for a majority of the game. Uh, yeah. just from from watching on and off when I was, um, but. That was really disappointing from Sam Houston not to to beat Lamar. Because I think we mentioned a little bit too, where it was like against SFA, Sam Houston just wasn't. They didn't look like the team that you would think would be making the claim as you know a contender in the Southland. Yep. Yeah, and man, they just they got to get stopped sometimes because, like I said before, their offense can be great, but mm-hmm. it can also be meh at times right. with with the way it's kind of isolation ball in a lot of sense and the way it's kind of up tempo, just kind of take some quick shots here and there um but i mean we the whole texas bottom of the bracket was kind of interesting to me houston baptist beats incarnate word in the 10-7 matchup then Mm -hmm. lamar beats houston baptist and then lamar beats uh, sam houston and then abilene christian decided the tournament was over and abilene christian (laughs) went into that tournament and thanks for coming yep they said all right lamar you had a nice run we'll beat you by 22 and put up 93 nonetheless yeah. Which, Anytime ACU puts up more than eighty, it's a wrap. Yeah, like, like, you're not you're not scoring that much over. on them. It's over. Um, and then they went to championship game against Nickel State, and I think I we both said on the last podcast we felt good about whoever made out the whether it was Avalon Christian or Sam Houston against Nichols, and Avalon Christian decided that game was over too. So they held Nichols to forty five points and beat them seventy nine to forty five. So yeah, Avalon Christian, great season. And it's you know not over yet. They got a 14 seed, and we will get to that Texas matchup real quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on the Southland? Um, no, that was it. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see uh, Abilene Christian get into the dance. Yep. Uh, we've been talking about their defense, and I'm glad that we're going to get to see it against a pretty good high profile opponent in Texas. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be really fun. Yep. And lastly, but not least, in the SWAC, uh, 
the tournament who was kind of getting clowned on Twitter for having that. Uh, do you, do you, so do you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there, there was a giant, the logo at the mid at mid court is like this big black box thing. And everybody basically made like the JPEG versus PNG yeah. uh, joke about it. But do you know that is actually purposeful? Do you know why? Because they had to cover the UAB logo. And the UAB oh. Blazer logo is no, abhorrently not. huge. Oh, it is. It's that big it is blazer. Ab- it's the big blazer. So it looks ugly. I'm not going to dispute that. Like, it looks bad. It's just a big block swack. Here's, here's my question. Just, yeah. Why can't they just get... Why can't they just cover it with something that's the same color as the cord or <laughs> or something something transparent? There has to be a way to to cover that better than just a. It was hard to watch. It's it was really it was really bad. hard to watch. Like it was really I, bad. Like the broadcast quality was already kind of troublesome for me. Yeah. yeah. Um. But just seeing that, it was just like, what am I watching, man? Yeah. It, There's it, yeah. Please. So that was that was the I was because I was curious too. I was like, there's gotta be something else like that that clears too many people to just be like yeah i'm just gonna put that big block letter logo on the midcourt but yes that is because that is literally the only way to cover up that big abhorrent blazer because it is a and it's like a weird shaped logo too it's like and so it's like a snake and so yeah it's a snaked uh dragon Dragon. so it's like all right so there's a yeah but you're right there are better ways to cover that but that was the reason and that's also the reason that the the free throw stripe was the same way because there's the the uab and they can't just put slack over that they have to like you know block it out um which in my opinion another reason just pick better arenas i don't know pick (laughs) pick an arena that doesn't have a big blazer on it i mean no, hey, hey, thank you for for looking that up because yeah. better than better than me, um, who just thought somebody just got a JPEG. I literally <laughs> assumed it was a mistake. I literally assumed a mistake. That's how, but that's how bad it looked, right? It looked so bad that people just thought they messed up. There's no way they. I was see. You said like the way you thought about it was the right way. You're like, oh, it went through too many people. There's no way it's a mistake. There's gotta. I right, looked at right. it as this is so bad. There's no way somebody checked off on this. There's no okay, way. Okay. <laughs> no. Fair enough. That, see, that's I that's that how too. I approached it. But to the game, to the game, which yeah. I actually watched uh, probably – I watched it until Texas Southern went and got a 20-point lead, which was only the first 15 minutes of the game. So mm-hmm. um, if anything crazy happened in the last 25 minutes, someone can let me know, but the score pretty much stayed the same. <laughs> I was about uh, to say, yeah. Texas Southern defeats Prairie View A&M 80-61, and I told my friend this, and I'll say it here. It looked like Johnny Jones just controlled that game. Mm-hmm. And I say that because Texas Southern, I believe – 22 of their first 28 points came in the paint. A uh, few of those were free throws um, as well, or that weren't in the paint were free throws. Uh, and meanwhile, Prairie View A&M did what they always did. It kind of looked like Prairie View A&M was like, oh, we're, we went 13-0 in the regular season, and we're just going to continue doing what we do. We're going to run We're gonna run up and down. We're going to hit threes. Uh, we're going to take some shots that might be contested, mm-hmm. and we're just going to pull out a close game against Texas Southern, who is a good team, but we beat in the regular season. Right. Texas Southern said, no, we're going to attack you specifically in the paint mm-hmm. and then take away. I don't want to say take away a three point line. Do you know what, what prayer you shot from three in this game? Here, let me find it. I'm going to, I'm going to assume 30. I'm going to give him some credit. I, I don't have it up, but I was here. Okay. I got you. I got you. I'm look, oh, I got it right here. Uh, 21%. So no, wait, sorry. Uh, sorry. That was, uh, 20%. I was worse. It was worse. So, so <laughs> I, I didn't know the exact step, but all I was going to say is it looked like Texas State, Texas Southern, all they said was, 
We're going to get in the paint on offense and we're just going to make them shoot tough threes. Because even if they get a hand, Prairie View is a team that it doesn't matter how the defense is playing. Mm-hmm. They try to play the same way every single game, pretty much. And so Texas State was like, all right, we're going to put a hand up. We're going to contest Southern, you, you, you're, you're Texas State. Confi- <laughs> Freudian that. slips, man. Uh, Texas State, you don't have to remind me of that. They Southern. Lost. I'm just going to say Southern. Slide. I'm just going to say Southern. <laughs> no, but no, but I can't say Southern because there's an actual. There's another Southern in the slack. Southern so. in the swag. Oh, man. All right. TSU, I'm sorry. man. <laughs> TSU. I'm going to call them the Johnny Joneses. Uh, no. Biden Johnny Jones. But basically what texas southern did was we're just like we know they're going to shoot the ball regardless so we're just gonna put a hand up and we're gonna contest every single one Mm -hmm. and we're gonna give up you know maybe some layups but they're not gonna hit threes and that's what they do preview does really well they get up and down they they have really good guards and they make threes and texas southern just said nope we're gonna get in the paint and we're gonna take away your threes and that's why i said johnny jones just won that game Man, 50 points in the paint to uh, Prairie View's 32. Uh, looks like they had like six players in double figures. Yeah, Texas, that is that is some controlling of the game, like you mentioned yep. from Johnny Jones. Yep. So congratulations. And they get the play-in game, right? Uh, yes, they are in the 16C playing game, which we can now get to. Let's talk some seedings real quickly because mm-hmm. we are recording this about an hour after, an hour and a half after the uh, brackets were revealed. So Texas Southern will play – where to go? I just had it. I'm sorry. Uh, Mount St. Mary's in the playing game of the 16s, and they play, in my opinion, the worst one seed in Michigan if they can pull that out. But you know, if they just if they win the playing game, then you that's a win in itself, and you go mm-hmm. from there pretty much because any win at this point counts as a win. Is, <laughs> is a, a postseason win, win? Is a tournament win? Right. And it should be honored as such. Yeah. So whether you're in the 11 playing game or you're in the 16 playing game, you win, you win. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if you're one playing a 16, a win is a win. So, because it's, it's hard to win games in this tournament. So Texas Southern Mount St. Mary's, uh, we'll get into the specifics later, but, um, I thought 16 was probably fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I was looking for ways, maybe they can get a 15, but then I saw there are a lot of good mid majors in this, in this tournament, man. Just yeah. Like there, I think Ken Palm, Ken Palm has them 229. So yeah. it was like, going to be a It was going to be tough. Yeah. Um, like Oral but, Roberts was, was a team that is, is a good team that could see kind of above them. Drexel's well. 15, Drexel's a 16 and Drexel's really good. And so it's yeah. like, all right, man, like, yeah, there, there was no way they were going to, but again, win that playing game, Texas Southern. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll and Mount St. Mary's is not, they're only, they're only 10 spots ahead of them in Ken Palm. So it's, it, they have a, they have a real good shot in that game. Yeah. Um, or next, or next. Abilene, oh, well, let's get to that game later. Uh, North Texas gets a 13 seed, uh, and they will play Purdue in the first round. Oof, that I, is a tough draw, man. <laughs> all right. I will admit here, because this is why I don't want to get into the specifics here. Yeah. I've probably only seen a half of Purdue basketball this year. I looked That's up fair. all the basic stats here, and mm-hmm. I talked to my friend who is a college basketball nut, and he basically mm-hmm. said, yeah, the stats are pretty indicative of what they are in a lot of yeah. sense. Uh, they're pretty straightforward. They're not going to do anything that the stats don't show here, mm-hmm. but – why do you specifically think uh, Purdue is a tough matchup for for North Texas on paper? Before we get yeah, crazy? I think the difference between I think to me the difference between where uh, where they where North Texas could shut down a Charles Bassey mm-hmm. in like is that they can give up they can neutralize their guard play right they can against a Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think Purdue has the inside out game to be able to contend. They're balanced. I, they're really balanced yeah. to where even if you try to shut down the inside, their guard play is excellent. And uh, I believe Zach Edley is their, uh, their go-to guy in the post. Yes. Um, or it's a, it might be, 
I'm gonna yeah, yeah, Zach Edley. Yes. Um, so he, I mean, he's he's their go-to guy in the post, and he's he's gonna be probably the tallest guy they play all year. Like he's insanely big. Um, but even Javion if he doesn't, Williams as well. Yeah, and so even if even if they does even if he doesn't go off, like I love their guard play. I think they're they have really good. And then um uh, yeah, you mentioned Travion Williams, so they have two bigs. And then I like guys like Eric Hunter and Brandon Newman. Like I like these guys that. I'm not going to say I think it's going to be the type of game that North Texas wants where they're going to it's going to be a slower game. Yeah. But I really worry about where Texas or where North Texas finds their groove, right? Because mm-hmm. usually it's their guard play where they can really shut things down and really uh, attack them on the offensive end and they can really shut things down in the paint, make you settle for the outside. I think Purdue's okay with doing either. I think they're mm-hmm. okay going inside. I think they're okay settling for the outside. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think this was just, to me, this was just a bad matchup. I think North Texas, I think it'll be an interesting game, mm-hmm. but I think in particular, this is going to be, we'll talk more about it later this week. But yeah, um, I, when I saw the, when I saw Purdue, I was like, oh, if mm-hmm. there was like a couple teams mm-hmm. that I, I think uh, I wasn't a fan of them getting and mm-hmm. Purdue is one of them. Yeah. I will definitely do my research on Purdue. I'm also going to go back and watch the North Texas games against uh, West Virginia earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Cause they played West Virginia. Well, when they had a uh, boy as well. So Western was running that two, two uh, West Virginia was running that two big style offense. That was kind mm-hmm. of maybe Purdue will run a little bit of, I've uh, been watch that as well, so I will have more on that matchup. Obviously, it, you know, it's kind of my uh, my job in a sense. Um, later on, um, but yeah, I'm I'm honestly just seeing North Texas in the tournament is because as someone who didn't know, I'm, I'm I've said this before on in past pro- podcasts the way I've been on, as mm-hmm. someone who went to North Texas without knowing anything about North Texas, yeah, in 2016. So I wasn't, I didn't, didn't know anything about the Johnny Jones era or anything like that. Sure. This is the first time in the tournament, basically for me. And, just, sure, you know, sure. seeing, seeing this team last year, win the conference championship, but not getting to play in the tournament. It's good just to see them in the tournament. I'm like, Oh yeah. No, I mean yeah. like it's, it's as somebody who's, who, you know, Texas state's gotten there, gotten close a couple of times. And like, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I can only imagine like the, just the general feeling of an alum, like seeing your team win the conference tournament, Right. And then be able to see them on the biggest stage, have a chance again, you know, and it's a good, they're a good team, right? They're not a, they're not a 16 scrapping up, hoping to knock off number one. Like this is a good North Texas team against a good Purdue team, but anything can happen. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely happy for, you know, we obviously, I know a lot of North Texas grads too, and I can, I'm I'm happy for you guys because that's a cool moment to be able to see you guys on selection Sunday and see the name pop up and be like, Hey, look at that. Yeah, it is. And it, you know, doesn't happen often in conference. You say you have to win the conference. So that's, that's what it makes it interesting. It's not like a two-bit league you can grab a lot of. All right. To Texas Tech, who's actually in the same region as uh, North Texas on the low bracket. They're actually right next to each other, but they're on the Mm -hmm. complete opposite sides of the South bracket. Um, Texas Tech is the sixth seed. They play Utah State in the first round. I don't know why I felt like Texas Tech could get a five. But Mm -hmm. again, it's kind of like the whole thing with Texas Southern is that's like, but then you look at the fives and you're like, uh, okay. But I mean, Villanova, I think Texas Tech is right there with um, yeah, Colorado, so. Creighton. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting Texas Tech up against any of those five seeds, really. Sure, I'll put two. So, um, Tennessee as well. I think Texas Tech's, I, so a six seed felt weird, but that's kind of where everybody had them at. So I just went with the consensus. I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll take yeah. it. At the end of the day, six, five doesn't really matter. Um play utah state in the first round utah state's not a bad team at all the matt um, wells bowl 
Yeah, not the, coming. The winner, get, the winner, get, the winner, get, the loser gets Matt Wells as head coach. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Utah State's not a bad team at all. Uh, they all then they'd play Arkansas in the second round, and that would be an amazing game. Arkansas, that, that Arkansas Texas Colgate's going to be a fun game. First of all, that's like what that, everyone, that might be the upset pick people have here. The 14 seed. That's going to be up, up and down. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, Texas Tech potentially uh, could get Arkansas in the second round or in the round of 32 and then after that then you get either ohio state or florida most likely but mm-hmm. um, that's but I, I like texas tech because i think they're kind of built for i'm going to continue my texas tech love from the last podcast yeah i think this is kind of what they're built for in a sense so defensively they can do it and they got playmakers on offense that can make plays um for sure it was a little discerning watching them lose that lead to uh texas but you know i think i still i still think they're talented enough to uh, to get to the elite eight Hundred percent. And then, no, I then too. get Baylor there, and if in theory, if everything goes right, but you know how that goes. Yeah. All right. Um. What else? What else? What else? Um. Houston. Houston two seed. We touched on this earlier. Houston would play if they get through Cleveland State. They will mm-hmm. play Cle- Clemson or Rutgers, which I think they will be a heavy favorite in either one. Um. I liked Rutgers early in the season. I haven't seen them since, but. Um, Clemson also has shown flashes, uh, but Houston should win that one, get to the Sweet 16, and at that point, then you play the winner of, in theory, a 3-6 between West Virginia and San Diego State. Yeah, I like this draw to the Elite Eight for Houston a lot. Like, Illinois, you know, in theory, if Illinois makes their run like they should, um, but, I mean, that's not a given. Oklahoma State, Tennessee are pretty good, are really good. Um, hell, Loyola, Chicago is really good. Yeah, yeah, so, like, this, that's it's a tough... Houston didn't get the tough side of that bracket. Mm-hmm. Illinois did. Um, and so, yeah, and even against Illinois, like I think Houston matches up fairly well. Like Illinois has size, but um, I think I'd like Illinois' guard play a lot and they're, they're outside. So that'd be a fascinating matchup. But yeah, I man, this this run could be happening for Houston. I'm ready for it. I, I hope it happens because if, so if they lose early, I'll be, I'll be very disappointed because right. I really think they're, they're a really good team. So anything less than an elite eight to me, I think might be disappointing. It, it depends on, depends on it. How, how they play against West Virginia, potentially, if that matchup ends up happening, yeah. if they end up losing close or something, that's fine. But like, I think elite eight should be what we expect from this team. I agree. That is the expectation. And finally, the last matchup that we'll touch on here on this podcast, Texas versus Abilene Christian three versus 14. It doesn't get any better for a Texas podcast here to get two Texas teams playing in the big dance. Um, And Abilene Christian as a 14, I have no problem with, but they are a damn good 14. They're a damn good 14. (laughs) They're a damn good 14 here. Um, And Texas is a damn good three to be, to be fair. I mean, yeah, this is some good basketball. We're going to see here. Do you, this is, yeah, no, I, I I think this is one of my, this is the matchup. I think I'm looking most forward to Mm. Um, out of all the, obviously, because there's two Texas teams, but even out of the other Texas schools, Mm -hmm. because to me, if Texas comes out and just squashes ACU, like, then I'm like, okay, cool. Texas is like taking this is this is really the Texas team that we've expected to see that we thought of that we kind of you know uh, the one that we thought we would get in the Big 12 title game right or the Big 12 mm-hmm. tournament right where we're like hey there's this there's this potential contender in there and they showed in the Big 12 tournament and if they come out and squash ACU a really good ACU, I can't stress enough a really good defensive ACU team yeah. if they just come out and win by 20 
20 plus, okay, boom, we're talking something really interesting here. Now, again, I'm not saying that ACU is going to come out and upset them. I'm not going to say the ACU. It might be a 10-point game at the final yeah. margin, but ACU is a good measuring stick because they are a really good defensive team with good guard play that can not match up athletically, but just match up uh, schematically. Yeah, like they're they're just so disciplined and they're so efficient um, that this isn't something that it, it, I feel like everybody's gonna look at ACU and be like, "What's that? That's a directional school or whatever. Who cares? Like no one cares, right? This small. It's a religious but school. Right, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, who cares? They're just uh, fourteen, or you know, they're gonna think of them as you know just some little sister of the poor, and it's not. Like the Southland was really good this year, and ACU was almost uh, odds on the just the best team. Like it was they're really good and so i'm really intrigued by this matchup because either way i think it proves something it either proves that texas is this juggernaut that we thought they could potentially be if they come out and squash or hey if it's close acu was a lot better than we probably thought yep (laughs) so i i love that angle i think uh the thing for me is a lot of people talk about you know cinderella teams have to have that one guy in a lot of in in a lot of situations I, I love the the Cinderella teams or the underdog teams that have really balanced scoring here that can hit you in a bunch of different ways. And that's what Abilene Christian does, right? With Corian Mason, Damian Daniels, Reggie Miller, Colton Cole, Joe Pleasant, Arion Simmons. You got like six, seven dudes who can put up double double figures. And most mm-hmm. of the time, at least five of them do hit double figures here. Right. Um, Colton Cole in the middle, you can just park him in the middle. You know, I'm not saying he's going to... Sh- shut down Jericho Sims or anything, but you can park mm-hmm. him in the middle there and he can put his hands up and he can affect a lot of what mm-hmm. Texas does in the, on the inside here. And on the perimeter, we know what they can do on the perimeter. They're very active. They um, handle ball screens really well. I will say Texas, if Texas can score in one-on-one situations against them on the perimeter, that's where Texas can separate themselves. 100%. And that's, that's where, I mean, like we said, like we saw Matt Coleman do in, in the tournament run, like, like we've seen Ramy do, several times this year if they can just mm-hmm. isolate or late clock situation just go do 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 and mm-hmm. boom either get a mid-range jumper or three or uh, get to the rim even yeah. then that's where they separate themselves but Abilene Christian has proven themselves enough to me that they are they're good enough defense to where I think they're going to be able to keep within 15 for a majority of this game and they're going to be like frustrating said, yes and I love the way you said it where like okay let's say it's 10 for majority of the game if they make that push late, mm-hmm. then Abilene Christian is better than maybe a lot of people thought, even maybe better than I thought, mm-hmm. because that push at the end will show that this is a team that isn't just there to like lose by 10 and just, you know, lose by 15. Sure. But they're going to make not that first late round push. squash. Yes. Yeah. They're not a first and, round squash. And, and like, I think they lost by, right. no, I was going to, uh, just the last point, they lost by seven to tech when they played this year. Yes. Like they didn't get blown Ugly out game. by the, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. The way they wanted it to play. Right. That was, yes. uh, the only problem was tech also likes ugly games. So yes. they were okay with that, but, uh, go ahead and finish your point. They too. only lost to Arkansas by 13 as well. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, it's a team that I think is going to be there late. It's will they make that last push? And that's kind of, the question for me, I don't know if they can or not. So this is this is gonna be a this is gonna be the game that a lot of Texas fans who are kind of casual Texas fans are gonna be like, why are they only up eight at halftime? You know, like it's gonna be Panic like is gonna set in. Right, exactly. It's gonna be like that little like, all right, when are they gonna go up by 13 now? Like, you know, and it's gonna be like eight to eight to ten point lead for like until like the last five minutes or something. Like I could see the makings of that to where 
you know, like you mentioned, ACU probably doesn't make that last push, but they're just like hanging around the whole game and just frustrating the heck out of Texas. <laughs> yep. Yep. 100%. All right, man. That's all of the seeds we got. Um, we will have a brief podcast coming up later in the week, just running through our, our predictions, how we think the tournament's going to go for these guys. And also uh, the women's tournament uh, once those seeds are announced. So um, yeah, check that out whenever that comes out. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow Ish at Ishmael R. Johnson. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Um, and check out the site at, or I'm sorry, TexasBasketball.com. And the podcast, subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, again, Texas 24, Dave Campbell's uh, basketball podcast. And that's all we have for you all this week. Uh, thanks for joining us.